Abstract Athlete Podcast, where art and sports collide. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, and our social media platforms, and check out our product lines, news, and upcoming events. And make sure to listen to the two other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast and the Abstract Veterans Podcast. Super excited about the podcast today. Another person I was lucky enough to meet on Instagram as I get to speak with painter and United States Navy Senior Chief Aaron Webb. Make sure to check out Aaron on Instagram at A Webb Studio and stop by his website, AaronWebbStudio.com. Let's welcome Aaron Webb. Okay, cool. Dude, thank you so much for doing this. Like, I know we've been uh, chatting on Instagram here for a while. Um, I l- just to start, like, I l- absolutely love your story. Um, just kind of reading up on your stuff. Like, you're, you know, you're military personnel, um, veteran. And, and, but I, like, the story to me that, like, is so interesting is, your love of art, but how you got into it. Like, um, first of all, I love side twine. I'm a, I'm an abstract painter too. So we'll, we'll get into like abstract painting, which is badass. But like, I love the fact that your father was a photographer and like, like earliest kind of memories were going to a dark room. Like that's like, to me, like how, like, how did you not become a photographer and became a painter? Like, yeah, I did briefly. Okay. We can talk about that. <laughs> but yeah, the, the smell of uh, chemicals, darkroom chemicals, just like takes me back instantly. Uh, so yeah, yeah, we can dive into all of that. But uh, it's it's been an evolution to say the least. Yeah. No, it's it's I um, it's interesting because I I'm I, like I said I'm an abstract painter, um, informed by landscapes predominantly in the west like so i'll go out west and drive around and just kind of absorb take thousands and thousands of photographs uh but i'm like i'm getting into photography of wildlife and so like i'm kind of smashing you and your dad's world together in in some ways but it's like like how like i think initially there was something i read that like art art was kind of a, an outlet, like a therapy of sorts, but it's kind of evolved from that. I think that was ex- the exact phrasing. It's kind of evolved from that. Like what was, what was like your interest in abstraction, for instance, like, you know, like, was it, was it like, you know, I think I read that you have this huge love of Cy Twombly, which he's just like, used to live like right up the road from me actually. Well, not literally like two hours away, but, um, but like, what was, what was this like, kind of interest in abstraction to you yeah i i think to answer that like i have to go way 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 back right and and i kind of get you like the genesis of kind of like my creative like view and lens on life 
Um, and then I can kind of like pull that thread through forward to kind of where I kind of found my voice through the abstract painting. Um, because for me, it was always a struggle. Yeah. Like I was always a creative person. I had, I felt like I had looked at things differently. I had a different take a lot of it because I grew up seeing three things through the lens of the camera or in the dark room, you know, at the enlarger looking at these, you know, inverted images and like, and kind of like navigating through what composition and design looks like through photography, um, through my father. Um, but I always had that like nagging, like, I guess I just felt like a little bit different. I saw things a little bit different than other people. And so I was always trying to find what that voice would be and what that medium would be for me. And because I grew up the son of a self-employed photographer, I swore I would never do it. <laughs> right. Like we swear off a lot of what our parents do because they're like, yeah, never going to make that happen. So, um, so it was, it really was an evolution for me, whether it was music or art or experimenting, you know, I never, I wasn't great at drawing. Like I can do it. I could sketch, I can do some things and conceptually put things down. But for me, it wasn't fine art or anything worth showing, but I kind of evolved from that. Um, I went from fashion merchandising because I worked retail for a long time and then found myself going to school for fashion design where I learned even more, you know, color theory, like design principles, kind of like foundational things of, of, you know, how to create and how to balance things. And uh, eventually ended up being a photographer uh, and doing a lot of photography shooting, um, nothing professional or anything creative, but um, especially in my military and early stages of my military career. And so I, I, I went to Iraq, you know, I took my camera and took it everywhere and, and took pictures and, and worked through that. But it wasn't until years later, I think this was 2000, I would paint every now and then, but nothing serious. But 2014, I was deployed and uh, I just needed an outlet. And so I got some watercolor paper. I got watercolors. I had some acrylics and I was just had no idea what I'm doing, but I was just trying to just create. And I did it completely different instead of putting the water, you know, the watercolors down and like using water to do it, I would just apply it. And then I would like strip it away. Uh. And so it was like this deconstruction and kind of like different use. And it just resonated with me. I did a little bit of it then, but, but as I came home, I would do a few pieces here and there doing more with acrylics and I just always enjoyed it, but I didn't really dive into it. Um, when I came back from another deployment in 2018, I just found myself uh, just kind of drawn to it. And I started experimenting and playing more. I'd find myself in my garage where I would just paint. And uh, I look back at some of them now, I'm like, oh my God, they're so awful. But <laughs> I saw something and it, and I felt it because for me, it was just a way of kind of working through whatever I was feeling. Cause I'm an intuitive painter who I just kind of like let my emotions go and like wherever music's very important to me and so whatever music was playing if i tie that back to a memory or a time period like i can kind of channel and work through that emotion and so i finally reached a point where i was making some stuff and i was just like oh shit this is not half bad i could like i feel like i'm all right and i kind of continue to explore and so even though i tried like all these different outlets and all these different mediums and i was always trying to find that voice um it wasn't until I really started to dig into painting that I felt like I was, I found something that resonated with me and I felt like I was able to actually. There you go. I got your back. 
You probably yeah. missed all of that, didn't you? Yeah, we missed it was amazing. It. <laughs> it was genius. Yeah. Well, you did talk. You were talking about like the again, like kind of the the relationship. I caught the the Cy Twombly part at the end, um, and kind of that relationship of how maybe that you started thinking in in those terms. I guess is like the best way to kind of get back into it. I guess. Yeah, it was. Well, I mean, I don't know where you dropped me, but studying English and like just always being an avid reader and like words and poems and lyrics, those things I was able to pull from that. And so I that's I started to incorporate that into my work, you know, not at this at the scale that, you know, Cy Twombly did, but just conceptually of being able to include words, just little breadcrumbs and like hints to kind of shape, you know, um, you know, the viewers kind of journey through their experience with that work. And so you, uh, you, you mentioned music. Do you play at all? Like out of curiosity? uh, I try. (laughs) Yeah. I've I've played guitar for years. I had a mandolin for a while. Uh, Yeah. I've, Uh, the reason why I like, I'm a, I I like to, I'm a, I'm a former, well, I still write me. I'm a singer, uh, rock and roll and stuff. And like, I do think that there is, this weird, like, it's not, there's a parallel thing. And like, and sometimes those kind of things cross over to me, even though like my singing is very loud, sound garden Chris Cornell, that kind of singing. But, and my paintings are like really delicate and kind of quiet, which is like a really strange balance. Like, I actually had a student ask me about this yesterday, about like my relationship to different kinds of create creative forms and even though i think that they're they're really different there's they sometimes overlap to me like do like when you said you like this music relationship when you're talking about music do you like do you listen to music while you're working oh absolutely okay what do you listen to by the way like just out of curiosity because i always add music to these podcasts yeah um (laughs) a lot of I mean, indie, indie folk, classic rock and roll, um, you name it. Uh, I'm pretty much listening to it. Um, You know, it it depends on the mood and like where my mind's at on those things. Uh, But it's usually a lot of it's lyrically driven as well. Um, And it really depends on like what I'm processing. So there's for me, there's a distinct relationship to you know, I talk about my work kind of wrestling with the dissonance of like like memory and how we like to romanticize, you know, you go through tough times or you go through some traumatic event or some challenging event. And when you look back on it, it's not, it's easy to romanticize it and think differently about it. But the reality of it was it could have been extremely awful and terrible. And so, you know, the realities of that event versus like the romanticism of that. And because I love music so much, I was constantly listening to music. It's kind of like my my way, my escape, or kind of just like solace, if you will. And so sometimes I'll tie it back into, or tap back into those songs and listen to that music as I'm painting or as I'm processing through that experience. And so it really varies. Um, and a lot of my lyrics make it into the paintings as well. Like, that's, that's, I love the cure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going right? to ask you that if that happens. Yeah. The cure, like Jeff Buckley, there's like oh. all kinds of different people that, Jeff that Buckley. get tied back into 
that tie back into that work. Um, and, and I'll take some of that for some of my titles, but a lot of what I do, a lot of those words are scratched into the painting as well in a way where it's not super in your face, but if you catch the right light, you know, at the right angle with the light hitting it, you can see the words kind of hidden little Easter eggs, if you will. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm all over the place, but music. I, I like, I love the way that you describe your work too, because like if I didn't talk to you and I just looked at it, I would, there's, there's things that you said I would say about it. Um, I think that they're also like predominantly because maybe of the palette you use, like there's kind of a hauntingness to them, like a beautiful hauntingness, which when you mentioned Jeff Buckley, that's to me, that's a great description of the way that it's like hauntingly beautiful, how he, his music, do you, you know, a guy named Chris Whitley? If you don't, you need to look him up musically. Chris, he unfortunately passed a bunch of years ago as well. Um, but very similar in terms of, um, could you hear that? Nothing. I heard the last little part about the palette and then asked if I knew about Chris Whitley. So oh, I missed everything. Yeah. No, I was just saying that the hauntingness of, did I, did you catch that? Like the, your work, if I didn't know, like if we weren't having a conversation, I would look at your work and there'd be like this haunting, beautiful kind of miss yeah. for lack of a better way to say it and i think about jeff buckley with his music there's something very hauntingly beautiful about it um and then there's a guy that's always mentioned is is uh chris whitley who unfortunately passed many years ago as well at a young age uh that i think is he's a little bit more folksy i guess like kind of roots roots rock but kind of similar to me to jeff buckley um, just raw okay. voice. Uh, he plays guitar, like a, in a, he was an amazing guitar player, um, and just kind of haunting and stuff. So it's like, it's interesting. Like what, this may be a weird question, but it's like, what kind of stuff did your dad photograph? Like, was, do you, is there any relationship to you in terms of like subject matter to what he was doing, to what you're doing as a painter? Hmm. You broke up for just a little bit. So I think you asked if there's like a connection between the, like your dad's photography and like, yeah. Is that breaking up? Okay. So my dad's photography and my work. You were, yeah, we're in the full remix mode over here. So, um, it's interesting I don't think so. Because um, he was primarily a wedding photographer, um, portraiture, commercial work. Um, didn't do a whole lot of fine art work, okay. or fine art usually more, more on the commercial side, bread and butter. Um, so no, but I think what I learned from it was I think the relationships that he brought to his subjects and to his work, how personal he was with everyone. And I know that sounds really abstract compared to like what his like actual photography, like photographic work compared to my paintings. But I think that 
he was always true and earnest and try to represent people for who they are. And I tried what that experience was in a way that's authentic to me. And, and, uh, yeah, there's no one more genuine than my father. He's, uh, he's pretty amazing. Uh, he's Santa Claus. He's been a professional Santa Claus for like 20 years. He's this jolly old fella, right? So he's just big, larger than life personality, but, um, you know, the authenticity and like genuity that he brings was something that I like was instilled in me. And so I try to transfer that into my work as well, uh, of kind of like being true to what I'm feeling and like what I'm processing and working through and what I'm trying to evolve. So it's in a very emotive process that I can tie back to what I learned from him and, and, and my mother as well. Um, but no real long story long, no real connection back at, from like a photographic to, you know, abstract painting connection that I can see. How did, how did, like, I just had, um, another vet on recorded with him yesterday and he's actually a photographer. Um, like in his, he had family and a lot of vets like have family in the military. Did you have, like, how did you get into the service? Like, Yeah. Great question. So, uh, let's see my father. So I guess the, the closest connection to me is, uh, my grandfather on my mother's side's father. Hey, wait a minute. Um, Stop for one second. He served in the Navy in World War II. Do you want to turn your camera off and see if the connection, I mean, it's breaking up every once in a while a little bit. See if the can if you turn the camera off if it's um if we have a better connection. Yeah. Sometimes that works. happens. Cause I got a, I got an image of you I can use anyway, so we'll just see if this is better. Okay. Yep. Is that even better? Yep. Yeah, sorry. I'm it's where I'm at. I've got yeah, no worries. <laughs> bad connection here. Um Yeah, so my mother's father, biological father, he was in the Navy in World War II. Um, and he actually, you know, unfortunately he passed when my mother was like three years old, so I never knew him. Um, but I did kind of have that connection. I had multiple uncles that had served, um, throughout the years. Um, I'd had cousins that had served. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I definitely, and, and I grew up in Texas, so, uh, there's plenty of, there's plenty, you can't, you know, can't go anywhere without meeting vets in Texas. Yeah. Um, God bless them. Uh, so yeah, for, for me, I was going to school. I was having way too much fun. I was 26 years old. So I was much older. Um, and I was bartending. I was also a massage therapist uh, at, at Texas Tech University. And uh, I was having way too much fun. I was like, I could blink and be 35 and still be <laughs> doing the same thing. And, and so I just made the decision to to join the navy so i and i had toyed with it before i'd gone through the process with the coast guard um and this will you'll probably find this intriguing and well we can explore this i, I know you're going to want to know this but i'm colorblind and so wow. with the coast guard my image like my opportunities were limited um just because of the way that they're structured so i ended up kind of taking a step back from that almost talked to the army for a little bit, but I was like, yeah, this just doesn't feel right. But with the Navy, it just, it made sense to me. And, and I was able to, to 
you know, find a job or an opportunity that I like to do. And so I, so I did it, I took it, I kind of made, took that leap and an investment in myself and used it as, you know, back then the slogan was accelerate your life for the military, you know, for the Navy. And so I took that and said, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to have them pay for school. I'm going to go and like do my part. And I want to use this to better myself so I can, you know, get to just position myself uh, just to, to be a better person and better human and, and just better position for success in life. And uh, it's best decision I ever made. Yep. Don't, don't hesitate at all. In fact, January 4th was 20 years um, since the day I raised my right hand and got sworn in. Um, so it's been a journey, right? I didn't actually go to boot camp until June, but uh, I was at the military processing site in January of 2004. And so June will be 20 years of, of service actually in uniform. So it's a, it's been an evolution, but it was the color vision piece that ended up driving me towards the Navy. That's, that and so and it's, just interesting, it's interesting to hear that and again in your for the military aspect but it's also it's interesting to hear that and look at your work you know it's it's uh yeah. it becomes like i mean just a fascinating relationship just for your life both both sides of your life i guess is the best way to say it um yeah that's i i don't know that's like that's that's super wild now i'm just like i'm yeah. starting to well, think that's what I was just going to say, I'm starting to think about one of these, uh, another guy I had on the podcast before, um, named Brad Thomas, who's, uh, he's a musician. Um, and he's in, he was in the special forces. He was, uh, God, he was in both. I'm going to screw this up. Like, I can't remember which ones he was. He was in two of them. He was like a, um, whatever, but he's a musician now. And he's like all the members of the band that he's in, are all special force guys um, called silence and light. Really great band. Actually one of the guys in the band played with Nirvana and Soundgarden at different points. So it's just, I don't just, but I started thinking like hearing your story about like how you kind of navigated and how that choice um, like you're really, like you really researched in some ways of what, like what made the most sense for you, you know? And that's like, again, like I start putting that into your, artwork and kind of like that thinking and that thinking that goes behind being an artist and stuff. So it's, I'm, you know, I'm being, I'm putting on my, on my teacher hat and like kind of like dissecting your life right now, but it's just, it's, it's oh, good luck. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, I, I, yeah, I mean, go ahead. No, I mean, just, it, it was very interesting too. And I think kind of understanding that and knowing that when you look at my work, I'm not over the top with colors. I usually use very, you know, whatever color I'm going to use is a base color. And then it's usually blacks and whites and grays and maybe a few metallics. So I'm able to, and going back to my time when I studied fashion design and like just design in general around color theory and understanding color theory and understanding what works. Um, like I've been able to kind of navigate through that not creating something that is so, um, and I was finding something that works in a way that's harmonious by using kind of like those neutral colors and kind of like that subdued kind of feeling of things. And so that's driven a lot of my color decisions and color choices as well. So is, is there like, 
obviously Twombly is like a huge influence. And I, like, I start thinking, um, thinking of some other painters, like of that time period, maybe, and kind of like, you know, like even maybe Saul LeWitt and kind of that, like you said, that stripped down almost predominantly your paintings are like monochromatic almost like I'm like looking through stuff and you know it, I hate to use the word minimal because it's not m minimalism per se but but that I, I, I efficient is the way that I like like to I, I think in my head I'm an efficient painter like I don't try to overdo stuff and I don't try to over work work um, and I feel the kind of the same when I'm looking at your work it's like it's it's very to the point. Like, so are there other artists that you gravitate towards that like, obviously the work's not the same or anything like that, but like that you can like, like is minimalism like interesting to you in terms of like that efficiency of the work? Um, or, you know, like, does that make sense? Is that, I don't even know that was a question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, I'm a huge Rothko fan. Yeah. Um, just the emotional kind of response that he can elicit with for some, some people look at it like what's going on, but I think the people who get it understand that just because there's just like this energy um, and kind of emotional component that he's able to bring in a minimal way. Um, there's that. I have um, another mentor of mine and, and, and friend a guy named Ty Nathan Clark. He's around now. He's done fantastic work. I went through a mentorship program with him and, and several artists. And definitely he has a lot of those same influences, definitely a lot of sides Wombly in there as well. Um, but he's he's been a great influence in just kind of how to approach work and kind of how he uses it. He's much, much more colorful than I am. Um, but for me, it was just in a lot of different ways, I didn't think about it. Right. I just was just trying to express it. And my work has absolutely evolved, especially over the last, you know, four years or so as I've continued to dive in and invested in a studio and investing that time and space. And, and, uh, you know, I had a goal, like I still have that goal of being a full-time artist and not having to do, have a day job of just being able to create. And so as I've experimented and kind of grown, like I've kind of found that style, um, that, that resonates with me. And I just, I kind of, I think the same when I think about fashion and just life in general, I'm about like classic simplicity and sometimes more is, you know, less is more yep. and just having some very, just, you know, that minimalism piece of things where I think there's some, there's something to be said that if you can pull off something in a minimal way that is still impactful, whether that's painting or that's, um, you know, a, you know, a, an outfit or just like your own personal style of your home, of yourself, um, I've just gravitated more to minimalistic, um, very well-designed things. And so I think that that does translate that combined with kind of my emotional approach to uh, just basically intuitively just working through whatever I, you know, I'm, I'm working through at the moment. Um, that's where those two worlds collide for me. Make sure to stop by theabstractathlete.com to check out our new product line, our Percy King collaborative paint and puzzle kits, and all of our news and notes. 
The Abstract Athlete, where art and sport collide. Now, it's so, it, like, do you, maybe I kind of touched on this earlier, and, and the idea, like, so you're from Texas, you're out, you live in Cali now, right? Correct. And do you, do you feel like you get inspired or affected maybe by the surroundings? Cause obviously Texas and California are very different. Like I, cause, and, and I'm, I'm kind of equating this to me. Like I, like I, I can tell like you're very observant, like just from talking to you, like, you know, I think that's one of the things I always try to tell and I'm air quoting the idea of, I work with a lot of like student athletes where I teach and trying to get them to pay attention, you know, to be observant about your surroundings, because I think it helps us as humans. It helps us critically think, but you know, just all these things. And I always tell this story is like, I, I lived in Paris for four months and I remember once coming out of their, their kind of subway and it was like dusk and the light and the sky was just this this color like I, in my head is like, I can't create that. There's no way I could make something as beautiful as that kind of purpley blue that's existing right there. But you always try, you know, and it's like, and then I think about when I go out West and there's that vastness and Texas is very much, you know, very vast in different places that you can like, you feel like you can see forever. And in some ways, like I look at your work and there is like this, it's just infinite in, in the, in the surface um, and then I, I love that, like that idea of like you saying you, you scratch like text into it where it's like these, these moments of discovery, but do you think about like your surroundings about where you're at? Like, or like in, in your past, like, you know, military stuff, like when you were overseas or in different, you know, different places that you've been, do you like, do you think it influences your work? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Um, I think if you talk to most vets, especially those of us who've been to Iraq, Afghanistan, um, at the height of things, hypervigilance is something that we all index very high with um, and paying attention to our surroundings. Um, so there's that piece of it of always looking, always taking it in and, and trying to understand. And I'll take that back to what we're talking about with my father's a photographer of yep. seeing things differently and seeing those images and like framing, you know, seeing like little frames of photos in your mind when you catch those glimpses or you have those experiences. Um, and so that's absolutely, I'm, I'm probably too observant. <laughs> you show me a Rorschach, you show me in a Rorschach ink blot test and you're supposed to see one thing and I'll see 30. Uh, <laughs> nice. And that's the truth, right? Um, but I think there's also an emotional piece of that too, and uh, self-admitted um, and validated by those around me. Uh, it can be on the emotional side, it can be very sensitive and understanding and like perceptive and intuitive and kind of really understand what's happening. And so I think there's observations that on that realm, tying in with my, you know, physical, like, observation capabilities it's kind of between both of those things um yeah extremely observant no and and so I, it definitely makes its way into my work yeah no i just i it's it's really interesting like through this conversation to like hear what you're saying and like really look at your paintings with that lens i mean does that i it's this is like one of those stupid art kind of questions but do you really even care what people like 
not like see in your work or you just want them like, like a Rothko thing. You talk about the spiritual and like standing in front of a Rothko, like you can get emotional from it. Just like through like, whether it's like the color, whether it's just the softness or, you know, like the glow or whatever, but does it matter to you? Like that people just go up to your work and just experience it, how they experience it. Um, I prefer it that way, which is, yeah. um, and, and let me kind of qualify, like when I first started, one of the first places I ever showed work was at a, a uh, kind of like a community gallery in, um, in downtown. I live in a place called Petaluma, California. It's up in Sonoma County, just north of San Francisco in wine country. Um, Lagodina's beer, if you've ever heard of it, it it's from there. Yeah. That's kind of what it's, it's famous yeah. for, but, um, so because it was kind of this community gallery, I got to work the gallery and that was one of my favorite things to do. And, and even continually at shows, you know, whenever I have openings or I have, I have shows is, is watching people interact with my work because some people look at it and they just like me, you know, no impact whatsoever. And they just keep ripping on. And, uh, and honestly, there's nothing more frightening. Uh, I mean, I know every artist out there probably feels it whether they want to admit it or not, but like nothing more vulnerable to me than like, just, I feel fully and completely exposed when all my work is up in front of everybody. Yep. And so, but I'm still able to like not take it personal because I do the same thing with other work. Some work just doesn't resonate with me, but then there's some work that greatly resonates with me. And so it's those moments and those interactions when you see somebody take it and they like, they're impacted by it. Um, like that's, that's extremely powerful to witness. And so kind of tying it back to, you know, working in that gallery, that was the first time I was able to kind of experience that and witness it. Um, and they don't know that I'm the artist. They just think that I'm the guy there, man, like at the gallery, you know, hanging out if they need anything to take care of them. And so it was, uh, it was a really cool experience for me to see because it, it wasn't everyone, but the ones that it did resonate with, um, very validating. And what I did find out through that is most of the people that it resonated with had gone through some kind of trauma or some kind of experience. And they would share that with me because I would tell them my story and they would be like, oh my God, this makes sense because I did X, Y, Z. And, and it kind of opened up this dialogue of, uh, it just, it, words are failing me right now, but it just, it just touched me in a way to to know that what I'm feeling and what I've gone through and what other veterans have gone through or anybody who has experienced trauma or kind of any kind of it's like experience that left its mark on people were able to feel that in the work. And uh, yeah, that, that was extremely meaningful to me. Do you, do you know any, like, do you like, work with other vets that are like, I, again, like I think what you'd said or what I read earlier, like your work truly goes beyond like the veteran world, like, which I think all like, I hate sometimes when people try to like funnel it into like, this is a veteran, this is the veterans art. And it's like, no, they're an yeah. artist. They yeah. just happen to be a veteran. But do you like uh, talk to other vets that are also creative or like interested in being creative, not just for the, you know, like one of the things we do at the abstract athlete is to talk about like the benefits of a physical and creative practice, like for on our mental health, like it just, it's good. It's a good thing to do. Like, but do you, I mean, is there like, I don't want to say like 
a group of you guys that, or do you know other guys that are creative in different ways or also painters? Because I think it becomes really inner, like, you know, I'm a former athlete, you know, and I, I could have been played pro baseball. And it's like, when I was growing up, you know, you, it was almost, you couldn't be an artist. Like it was, you know, you were, you're not a, an athlete if you were an artist, but now it's like, it's starting to change. And I wish that back in the day, I could have sat and talked with other, you know, football or baseball, basketball players that were artists, because I think the conversation becomes really interesting. So is there, I mean, do you have other vets that you talk to creative, like creatively, I guess? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's a, a gentleman named Eric Brush, uh, Brush, who's out of um, Austin, Texas. And I'm sorry, he's in, he's in San Antonio, actually. Um, Marine vet, uh, he went through the same mentorship program and met him through Ty Nathan Clark. Um, and he's, he, he, uh, he grinds aluminum or metal oh, wow. to create these 3d kind of shapes. And then he paints over the metal and, and that's kind of where he got a start and, and kind of how he became known and he's evolved and he does a lot of um, collage work on metal and all these different things. But so I have that connection to him. He's absolutely incredible. If you haven't looked at his work, you should. Um, brush B R U S H um, brush. It's B R E I S H B R E I S H. Okay, cool. Yeah. There's um and, and I'm not afraid to like reach out to people. Um, yep. There's another, there's a Navy SEAL named Justin Hughes. Yeah. I've, I've had him in. He's great. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I reached out to him and just said, Hey man, what's going on? And so we, <laughs> we connected and kind of talked briefly. Um, I saw Marcus Jansen's um, documentary. He was a desert storm veteran. Um, and he's now made it huge on the art world stage, but um so, I mean, that's kind of like on a different scale, but even, you know, for, for the sailors that I have around me, they know that I'm a painter, a painter and I don't hide that at all. I'm very open about it. Yep. Um, and people are like, how do you get into it? What do you do? I was yep. talking to a kid yesterday who was, who was telling me like, you know, how do I do this? What should I have? You know, what materials do I need? And I've encouraged all of them to, to lean into it and just to express themselves in ways of just kind of like processing through and, uh, and art as therapy. Um, I did a show with um, the National Veterans Art Museum. Yep. They're out of Chicago. Um, I did, I was a part of um, a show for the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Um, it was really about mind, body, spirit. Um, I represented the spirit aspect of that. Um, another artist named Jen Hassan. Um She's an Air Force veteran who does these incredible paper sculptures. So she creates her own paper and she uses the clothing of the clothing that women were wearing when they were impacted by an assault wow. to boil it down and turns it, converts the clothing into inks and like dyes that she uses to dye the paper. And then she creates these, these, um, these paper sculptures and these paper paintings through that um and so it, it was just you know she was she was the mind because she had done mind mapping kind of these paintings of mind mappings and and so another gentleman had had very much like anatomy and physiology type books oil paintings and so we had my like, spirit mind spirit um body so i've kind of tied into that and I, they have lots of programs working with the community 
and with other veterans. And it ties back to, you know, it's not just all and, and no, like nothing wrong with people who do this. This is just kind of not where I wanted to go because I wanted to take this far more broadly than just being a veteran artist. Yep. Um, but it's beyond kind of like boots and dog tags and kind of like that very like on the nose veteran art yep. uh, and military art. And I think that that's why the New York school, and I gravitated to abstract painting when I think about the New York school and I think about everybody coming out of World War II and like many of them were veterans and or they were displaced, you know, immigrants due to the war. and they were like so many of them were, were veterans and that drove that entire movement. Yep. And so, uh, so I've kind of taken different pieces of that and kind of just um, been inspired by it and try to connect with as many people as possible within the community to share that. And as an opportunity for, for therapy and just processing it, you don't have to be great at it. You may not love it the way that I do, or I feel like you have a voice the way that others do. Um, but I encourage everybody where they can to, to use it as a, a tool and a mechanism to process the emotions and their experiences in a way that's positive. Well, and I also, you know, again, this, for me, it's like not just a teaching tool and where I teach, but also when I talk to people out in the community about what we're doing with the business, it's like creativity isn't just, just painting or drawing, you know, it's like, I'm always like, find something like you like to do, because if you like it, you'll go back to it. Like, pick up a camera, like write poetry, like dance, like what, like whatever, like for me being a, doing a podcast is creative. It's like a blues song, you know, like there's that call and response thing. It's like, but find that thing that you love or at least like, because it is, it's that ritual thing. Like this is how we combined it with being like a, you know, military or like an athlete is like, there's a discipline that artists are disciplined, but there's that stereotype that they're not. Um, but athletes and veterans and, you know, like there was, they were more disciplined because they had to be, or they were, you know, like they had coaches or, you know, leaders or whatever, like, and trying to bring that, that so-called discipline into a creative practice and doing it every day. And it is, it's just good for us. Like that we don't have to prove it. Like there's studies that show that if you are creative every day and you physically work out every day, you will be a better human. Like, and it's, so that's, it's nice to kind of hear that there is like these conversations that you have with like people you work with that become interested. I think there's sometimes there's that, you know, again, like being men, like there's this macho thing that like, well, you can't be sensitive and you can't show work and you can't show emotion. I, again, I think that's changing, thankfully, but like, like that's what I think is so beautiful about like I want to see one of your paintings in person because I do just by looking at the images you get that sense of when you stand in front of your work that there is like an impact you know like something like I'd like you said like not everybody's gonna feel that but and maybe because I am like in the art world all the time like I imagine like really truly staying standing in front of your painting and like loving those moments and like, and like really like slowly working across your painting. And like, again, I love the story of you because I have this same experience. There's a, there's a lot of relationship in like how you relate to people that are in a gallery looking at your work. Cause I, I love talking to people, not like listening to people talk about my work, I guess is a better way to say it because I like to know 
what people experience. I know what my experience is, but I love that. I That's why I think abstract painting is so powerful because it's up to the individual to experience or not. And so like that's that relationship, like if you talking to or having those moments of people in the gallery and like just listening to how they're feeling about it. And then like when you relay how your paintings or what they mean to you, like they're like, Oh, I get it. Like that's, that's really meaningful to me. Like it's, I just, you know, art is just so, it can be so damn powerful, you know, like it can change people's lives, you know, whether it's music, whether it's, you know, like I, you know, thinking about Buckley now and just like thinking about listening to his music and then listening to it after he died and just like really getting into the lyrics and like, you know, just imagining like what he was thinking about, you know, I don't know. It just, I just went on a tangent there. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no. I love it. I love it. Cause I mean, I think a lot of the same things and um I'll come back to your earlier kind of question where you're kind of going with that around discipline. And I think about like Stephen Pressfield, yep. right? Yep. Like in his book, The War of Art, and it's about the resistance and how it's always there, but it's the discipline to show up every single day. Yep. Even when you don't feel like painting or if you're an athlete, even though you don't feel like working out, right? It's that consistency and that discipline that a lot of the work you make is not going to be good. Absolutely. Right. But the fact <laughs> you have to just keep showing up and you'll learn a little bit every day and kind of drive that creativity and like exercise it, if you will, so that you can continue to get better. And there'll be little moments on days, or I, I can at least say for me, a lot of times I'm like, I'm going to go paint. I'm all in the mood. And I go and it's just absolute rubbish. Like it is just. I hate all the work that I'm doing, even though I was just like ready and I thought it was going to be a great day. And then some days I go in there and I'm like, I don't want to do this. Like, I'm just not feeling it, but I'm going to force myself. And it's like the most impactful work that I've ever, like that I've done. And I'm just like, if I had listened to myself and let the resistance win. And uh, I highly recommend that book if you haven't read it yet, yeah. but the war of art, but those are the moments where the discipline creates the opportunity and I think it's sometimes in a way where you just kind of let your guard down because you're not trying to do anything. You're just showing up and kind of going through the motions. And sometimes that's when your true self and your guard is down and you're able to just kind of like put something down and like start working things. And like a little moment happens and you start to explore it and you, you kind of navigate that, but you wouldn't be there if you didn't have the discipline yep. to hold yourself accountable to it. So, I mean, I, I think that that's a huge piece. It's your other, you know, earlier point of like creativity is everywhere. Um, so I did several years of active duty, transitioned to the reserves. Um, so I have a day job as well um, when I'm not in uniform. And for me, I find that creative outlet or, or like, like I find myself exercising kind of like that creative muscle more so as a leader and like navigating people and teams and kind of how do you creatively problem solve? And I, uh, you know, I, I think it's applicable. It's just how do you view, like people talk about creativity and like you said, it's, it's about drawing or paintings or music, but people are creative every single day yep. and how they navigate life and, and what they do in their regular work. And I think it's about being able to identify that and celebrate that and like leaning into what you love. Um, so, I mean, we're both kind of all over the place, but <laughs> but it does for me, it's, it's understanding yourself and where your creativity sits within you within your skill set within your 
personality um, within your passions, um, you know, and pairing that with discipline, like that's some powerful things that once you kind of harness those two things, you can be successful at whatever you put your heart to. Do you um, ever think about becoming a so, teacher just out of curiosity? Uh, not really. <laughs> I've, I feel like, I mean, I feel like being a leader in the, just in the military yeah. and, and then in the civilian world in my day job, like for me, the majority of what I do is coaching and, that, and kind of teaching. That's so, kind of why, I, that's I, kind of why I ask because I mean, you have like, I, I actually teach like a coach. So it's funny you just said that. Um, cause I deal with like individuals, not like the whole class because we all, but that you, you, the way you were talking, it, it felt very much like a coach. And I'm like, I just wonder if you've ever actually considered that because it's, there's, yeah. there's something in like, I don't think you need to be like an official teacher, but I, like, I assume like you're very inspiring, like in, in just in general, like, um, and I, I obviously you're already inspiring like people that you're around because they're asking you questions about stuff. Like that's the definition of it. Like, is it, like, you can actually get people to like, like, go, Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and that's, I, that's pretty badass, man. I think that's like really cool. Yeah. My kids might differ with you. They may not, they might tell you I'm that <laughs> inspiring, but I, but I try. Um, what yeah. Is and, and I was an athlete. Yeah, I was an athlete, athlete too. So okay, I, get, cool. yeah, I get that aspect. I played basketball. Um, and so, yeah, since I was, I could walk, I had a basketball hand. So, um, I get that entire aspect of it too. And that, that part of coaching and, and kind of that ties into a lot of my experience as well. So it, it, like, is, is, is like sports in the family too. Do you have siblings by the way? I do. So okay. yes. And yes. So, um, I have two older sisters, best friends in the world. Um, we're extremely clear, so very blessed, blessed with them. Um, but yeah, my, just more broadly, especially on my, my father's side of the family, he was the youngest of six boys. Um, and they were all over six foot. I mean, up to like six, eight, six, nine, Jeez. my dad was six. Um, I was the run at six, two. I was like, dang it. I was supposed to get taller, but, <laughs> but no, a history of basketball, um, basketball players, um, football players had several, like couple of cousins have played, you know, D one football. Wow. Um, and, uh, yeah, big sports family. Um, no, cause it's cool. I asked that because it's cool because again, like that, that relationship that it sounds like you had, like you had a sports upbringing of sorts, but also the creative side again, like this, this beautiful balance of like, you know, it's not as literal as people say, like the left and the right brain, but that idea of like creative and physical thought and like, and having that in your household, like, it just sounds like you had a great childhood in some ways. And, and like, I got two sisters too, one on each side and have and really pretty close to them as well. So it's, it's nice to have that kind of, um, that relationship in that, like, you know, we, we give each other yeah. shit all the time, but in the, like the, the best of ways, <laughs> you know, it's, it's. Oh cool. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, and a perfect example of this is, um, and there's some work that came out of this. I'll, and I'll point you in the direction after this, but the national veterans art museum called, they said, Hey, we want this. We want you to be a part of this show. And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> um, and they're in Chicago. I'm in California. Um, the, because I have some fairly large pieces, yeah. uh, you know, the hard shipping, the vendor fell through. And so I was like, well, how about I just rent a truck and I'll just bring it to you. 
And they're like, are you serious? I was like, yeah, let's do it. And so uh, I got everything teed up and I was telling my sisters about it. And they're like, you're not driving across country by yourself. So my <laughs> oldest sister flew, met me in San Francisco. I picked her up. Um, and then my other sister was on a work trip in Sacramento, which we happened to be passing through Sacramento. So we timed it where I picked one up from the airport. We hit the road two and a half hours later, we pick up on my other sister and the three of us road trip across America, um, <laughs> just to deliver my art. And That's so we awesome. were able to deliver the art, install the work, um, spend a couple of days in Chicago all together. And then we all flew home, but it was, it was an amazing trip, not just because they got to share in the driving or, or we got to rock the playlist that we all grew up in, you know, like just playing all the music that we were around and, and just being stupid together. But just like that bonding time and the stuff we have is like yeah. something I'll carry with my entire life. And, and some work came out of it. There's a piece called Trans-American Dreams. And, and you were talking about the landscape and kind of what that, how that impacts my work. Yeah. Um, a lot of it's very, work is like very oceanic in nature or some of the stuff's desert for my time in the Middle East. But um, Trans-American Dreams was really about that journey across the country um, and kind of this landscape view of America, you know, as we're just cruising across the country. I do. Work I, dude, I'm, I drive from Richmond, Virginia out West three to five times a year. I'm, I'm an absolute yeah. lunatic. Like my business partner, one of my business partners lives in Colorado but I, we also own land up in Montana and I'm, I'm addicted to, I'm looking for your transatlantic, if, if it's on your website, um, I'm addicted to, uh, Yellowstone, just going there and watching wildlife. It's just, it blows yeah. my mind. <clears throat> it just blows my yeah. mind. No. So I, I, I get that, <clears throat> that driving across the country, like feel like it's, there's, I, there's therapy in that to me too like getting in the car, putting on music or a podcast and just driving and, and watching, watching what in front of you as it, or as it unfolds, it's just, there's something magical about that to me. So like, that's badass. Yeah. That's great. What do you like? Yeah, there absolutely is. What like maybe wrapping it down here, but like, what do you, and it's, a, it's a typical question I like to ask in some form, like the next 10 years like what are you wanting to do like i think like you said you're growing immensely as an artist like you know again like i'm a huge fan and like do you want to be Thanks. like like exhibiting across the country slash the world um and just continuing down that space or like like how like how do you see the next 10 years unfolding or do you even think about that well, yeah. Well, first, thanks for saying that again, man. I, it's, <laughs> no worries. It's humbling, and I, I appreciate it. And I get a, yeah, I, I appreciate you saying that. Um, what does it look like? You know, I was, I was lucky enough and, and blessed enough. Um, I got picked up um, full re representation as an artist um, out of a gallery um, in Sonoma County, um, up in Hillsburg, big wine country, Is like kind Rena, of hub. Rena Charles? Rena Charles, Rena Charles. Yeah. And Rena's, she's an, she's, she's amazing and was just been an absolute godsend to like really kind of help and kind of shape and take me hopefully to the next level on things. So, um, and, and it's been interesting too, because I had to put the uniform back on temporarily for the last year or so. Um, 
I'll, I'll be home this summer, but, but doing it all remotely. So she just saw my work gravitated it and, and I made a few trips home to, to get that up and running and, and have that relationship. But, um, absolutely incredible, you know, gallerist and has her has been doing it for years and went off on her own and started doing it. So, you know, I see that as kind of like a launching point um, when I do get home and I'm able to dive in fully. Would I love to be like showing around the country, around the world? I mean, absolutely. <laughs> um, I, I would, I would welcome it, but I also know that I have a lot of work to put in because it's not given it's earned. And so, so for me, like, what does that look like? Um, I don't have a timeline on the horizon. I know that I'm going to pour myself into my work as soon as I get home, uh, just based on the experiences that I've had over, you know, the, the, you know, this last little bit of my life. So, um, I'm really excited about that. And I think there's gonna be some powerful work that came out of it. I've been experiencing and uh, experimenting and kind of like navigating through my experiences, um, here. And I, I'm happy where the work is going, but doing lots of like studies and little things where I can, where I'm at, um, but a lot of my work is is large and at scale, you know, eight foot paintings, you know, six foot by eight foot paintings, even larger. Um, and being able to translate some of that to large pieces, I, I, you know, I would hope, you know, and dream that it resonates with people in a way that I'm not chasing success, but I I do want to grow and evolve. So I would welcome that opportunity and and would love to be able to sustain myself and, and my family through just art. Um, but it's a very fickle, very <laughs> fickle, uh, yep. life. Um, and, and I think that ties back to of like being like, I talk about son of a self-employed photographer. Sometimes it's feast or famine and, and, you know, so we'll see all that said, we'll see like where life takes us, but, I'm absolutely open to it and would love to explore it and, and see, you know, explore my work, explore myself and then hope that it resonates and, and see where, where things take, you know, take off from there or don't, you know, even if I'm stuck in my garage, just painting for me, I'm never going to stop creating. Cause it's, yep. it's a part of me and who I am. Um, and I turn into a real asshole when I don't paint, <laughs> like when it gets all bottled up, like I have to get it all out. Um, and so I know that myself and I could be like, I need to paint. Like, I just need to get all this stuff out. And, and, and so it, it's not just what I do, it's who I am. And so um, I'm just lucky enough that I was able to find that voice and be able to find that, that avenue for me to express myself in a way that um, hopefully is, is beautiful and impactful to other people. Now you just, you just like said so many things that I, hundred percent agree like and have said very similar statements it's to me it's like yes i love it when somebody buys my work because it allows me to buy more material so i can make more work but it's never been about like making work to sell like i i i have so much like inventory because i just have to make work like it's it, like you said it's part of me like it's like and and I love the fact that you've like, you have that realization, like I have to do this, not, not it, but just for me, like I have to do it for me. And it's like, it's never going to change. And that's, I just think that's actually really like to understand yourself in that, in that space is like really great, you know? And I do like, I have to be honest with you, man. Like I, if I get out West, I'm going to have to like, like link up with you. Like I sometimes I'll be driving out West to like Yellowstone in May 
Um, but it, sometimes I go all the way to, Col to California and stuff. I don't know if you'll be back. Um, but I'd love to link up because I do like, I want to continue this conversation, not for anything more than I'm also an abstract painter that, that has, I think a lot of similar thoughts that you do in terms of like the making and the, the you know, that process of kind of understanding what we, I've, I, you know, like you touched on something where I, like, it's not easy, but man, it's so rewarding. Like, it's just, it's, you know, it's so rewarding it to go yeah. like make work and just like have those, those moments, like you said, of just like, like surprise and like, Oh my God, I can't believe I just did that. Not to like, like pat my, pat ourselves on the back or whatever, but it's just like, there's just those moments in the, in the studio where you have, and it's just like, Oh, this, this is, this is it, yeah. you know? So, but dude, I like, as I said, man, I really, really super appreciate. I'm so glad we like met. Um, because again, uh, again, selfishly, I'm a painter. Like it's, it's cool to just talk to another painter. Um, but it's, it's just, I think there's, uh, a lot of things that I'd love to just like continue talking about. And, um, I think that if you don't, if you haven't sent me your email, I can't remember if you did, do I have your email? I think I do. I'll, I'll send you, you some, yeah. um, some, uh, I don't I'll send you some of my paintings and link you up with my normal, uh, Instagram pages. Um, but like, it's, it's just cool to like, see your work. And like I said, one day I hope to like see something in person and stuff. Um, cause I do like, I, I want to just sit in front of some, one of them and, and like be absorbed by it. So, um, and this will be, yeah. I'll try to figure out some music. Um, if you have any musician friends, by the way, like if they want to donate a song to the episode, if not, I'll use maybe one of my old songs or, um, or I'll write, I always write songs for episodes as well. Um, and, uh, but I, it'll be out in a couple weeks and I'll send you like some, um, like video snippets and, or some still images, uh, for promotion and stuff. And like I said, like you mentioned earlier, like if you have any other, um, who is it? Eric Breesh. Um, if you ever, if you want to put him in contact, um, or Jen Hansen, like, I'd love to have them on the podcast as well. I just, for me, it's just about promoting you guys, like trying to get it out there in a different way. Um, because, um, I just think it's badass. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I appreciate you having me. I know, I think it's been a year. I think I look back, I was just like, how long have, have we been talking? And it's been a full year. Yep. Uh, that's all my good, apologies man. for like, taking so it, I always it, knew, it, it has I been always a knew. wild year for me. <laughs> it's been a wild year for me, but, uh, I, you know, I, I love these opportunities and, and I love speaking about the work, um, yeah. especially since I've kind of been removed from it for, for the last year or so. Yeah. Um, so this is amazing. I'm going to step back into it and, and I'm happy to share the work of, of Eric and with, and Jen with you and, yeah. and anybody else I come in contact with, I think could be relevant, but uh, I appreciate what you're doing and especially taking the time for, for the veterans and the community and, yeah. uh, well thank, lot, so. thank you like because you know i always try to say thank you for your service because i like really appreciate you guys in in terms of your service but like i think that's that's the thing that when you're doing the creative stuff it inspires like it just it knocks down those walls those stereotypes of like this person can be this and this person can also be this and i think like like you should really be not just 
proud of what you're doing, like those things, but like, man, your work, like, I, you know, I don't want to overemphasize it, but like, you're just a damn good painter. Like it doesn't matter, you know, like the, the veteran thing to me is, is cool because I think you can inspire people through that, that area and doing what you're doing, but like, you're just a good painter. Like, and that's just, you know, neither here nor there. Like just as an art professor, it's like, this guy's a good painter, <laughs> you know? And it's, yeah, it's, I, it's I appreciate cool. that, man. You know? Um, Sometimes it doesn't feel that way. I, but, well, uh, I, I, just, I, I know what you mean. <laughs> I, I, yeah, you know. I got to keep painting, right? Yep, absolutely. But, uh, well, dude, thank you. Like I said, I'll send you uh, this info um, as things kind of start happening and stuff. And again, um, definitely just want to stay in touch and, and you know, continue the conversation just for, for shits and giggles. So, but. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Man. You know where to find me and, yep. and I'm absolutely open to it. And cool. Come on out. Be yep. happy to show you the work and yeah, the studio and we can we can sit down and wrap if you're ever out there. Cool. Awesome, brother. Well, thank you. Thank you. And have a good night. <laughs> All right. Cool. Later, brother. All right. See you. Such a blast having Aaron on. And really, as a painter myself, I just love what he's doing. Love the way he thinks about his work. Look forward to, uh, you know, talking more paint and music with him in the future. Just a badass painter, just a badass human. Again, make sure to check out Aaron on Instagram at awebstudio and stop by his website, aaronwebstudio.com. Make sure to listen to the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast, and the Abstract Veterans Podcast. And remember to stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, and our social media platforms to check out our product lines, news, and upcoming events. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. We will see you next week. And as always, do not forget to exercise the body and do not forget to exercise the mind. Stay well out there.